Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Well, that was a fun one, was it not? The Lightning beat the Islanders 8 to nothing in a pivotal Game 5 to take the 3-2 series lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals. The Lightning now just one game away from their second straight Stanley Cup final. This one was over pretty early. Three goals in the first period, three goals in the second period, two goals in the third. It gives the Lightning the touchdown and the two-point conversion over the Giants or the Islanders, whichever one you want to take. And the Lightning... Now, as I said, one goal or one game away from advancing to the Stanley Cup final. It was good to see the second line, or as John Cooper doesn't like the numbers, but the line of Stamkos, Sorelli, Kalorn. Four goals between them. Stamkos gets the opening goal 45 seconds in. Kalorn gets a goal in the first period as well, both even strength. Then they both get power play goals in the second period. Lightning go three for six on the power play in game number five. Uh, a big the the Islanders couldn't stay out of the penalty box in the second period, and we'll get to that. But the first period, the Lightning came out flying. Not only did they score three goals, Stamkos, Yanni Gord, and Alex Kalorn, but how many odd man rushes did they have? How many breakaways did they have? I, I'm going, wh- what happened to the Islanders team? I mean, that's all we've talked about for the first four games, and, and particularly after game three or after game four. The Islander structure, the Islander structure. How can the Lightning deal with the Islander structure, their structure? Well, the Lightning made some adjustments because either the Islanders didn't show up in Tampa for Game 5 or they've got problems because they didn't have much structure in that game. Like I said, the Lightning had odd man rushes, Point and Kucherov on a breakaway, Gordon and Coleman. Uh, I mean, I I think I saw it was nine... Odd man rushes for the Lightning in the first period? Nine against the Islanders. That's incredible. That's not supposed to happen in this series. The Lightning tie a franchise record for goals in a po- in a playoff game. They scored eight against the Penguins back in 2011 in a game. They scored eight against the Islanders last season in the bubble in game one. Now, that was a little different circumstances. The Islanders had just closed out the Flyers in a seven-game series. In the second round, they had to fly from Toronto to Edmonton on the off day and then play the next night in Edmonton, where the Lightning had been off for a few days because they had uh, taken care of the Bruins in five games in their series, and they had spent an extra day in Edmonton. And so that was one of those what you call scheduled losses, and the Lightning had won 8-2 to open the, the uh, it was, that was the Eastern Conference Finals. This year, there is no Eastern Conference Finals. But this one, on the other hand, this series is tied 2-2. You knew the Lightning, and we talked about this last night on the podcast, Rick Stroud and I. By the way, Rick Stroud's on vacation for a couple weeks. You're going to hear from him in a few minutes. Uh, We taped before he left uh, as we got news and 
tonight will be the debut of Wander Franco for the the Rays. So that is a huge night for the Rays. Potentially, and, and I say potentially because at this point he's still a prospect and we'll see how he does, but could be the greatest Ray of all time maybe based on his hype and talent level at this point. Now we'll see what he does with it. But Rick and I will get to that in a minute. Rick's on vacation uh, for a couple weeks. Steve Versig, I'll be filling in. We'll have you'll hear from Rick today. Uh, we've got a couple pre-taped interviews and such that will air over the next two weeks as well. Plus, uh, we'll have Tom Jones will join us later this week. Eduardo Encina is going to join us later this week. So we'll uh, have you covered here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. But game five, it's two-two series. You knew the Lightning were going to come out better. They had a horrible second period, maybe their worst period of the playoffs in New York. They come back in the third period and and if it's not for a, a miraculous stop at the uh, by a defenseman right at the goal line, maybe that game goes to overtime and who knows what happens. But the Lightning come home. They're now 11 and 0 in the last two postseasons after a loss. That's incredible. That this team and and they've had some they've had some duds in the in those 11 losses over the last two postseasons. But after a loss, they come out and win. And 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 we talked about this last night. I said, look, I don't know if they're going to win game five. But I do know they're going to put a much better effort out there on the ice. And, and that was absolutely true. And the Islanders had no clue how to stop it. And the first period, they were giving up rush after rush after rush. Lightning were passing their ways out of some opportunities in the first period. The second period, they're taking penalty after penalty after penalty, and bad penalties too, and frustration setting in at that point. It's three nothing, and then it's you know after they get the power play goal early in the second, then it's four nothing, and then there was a lot of frustration setting in, including at the end of the second period, Matthew Barzell cross checking Jan Ruda in the face, and I don't believe he meant to get it up in the face. I think he was frustrated. I think he it was taking out, you know, being down 6 nothing at the end of the second period, and he's their best player. But he gets the stick up. He cross-checks Jan Ruda once, and then he gets it up again, and it hits him in the face. Jan Ruda does not return to the game. John Cooper did not have an update on his status for Game 6. Now, whether he was held out of the game because he couldn't return or it was 6 nothing going to the third, let's just – be safer than sorry. Time will tell. Uh, I'm guessing there's either no practice on or today or it'll just be an optional skate, so we probably won't know anything until we get to Wednesday on Jan Ruda. Hopefully he's okay. But Matthew Barzell is now possibly going to be suspended for Game 6, and he's their best player. Now, he was called for a five-minute cross-check, a major penalty, and given a game misconduct. They reviewed it and upheld it. Typically, the NHL, when an ejection has been upheld, a suspension follows. But this is game six of the Stanley Cup semifinals coming up. Will that hold true? Now, Matthew Barzell is not a player. He has no history of this. And like I said... I don't believe he. I don't believe he meant to to hit Jan Rud in the face. I think it was frustration. He was cross checking. Should have been a penalty, and then you know he got the stick up, and, and then the right call was made. I don't. In listening to 
a lot of the national media in that after the game. Many think that he will be suspended for game six. I'm not that confident in that, and I don't know if he should be. Uh, and, and, and maybe some of it depends on if Jan Ruder returns, you know, what his injury status is. And, and I don't know how much the NHL takes that into account, and I don't know how much info they get on that either at this point. I mean, presumably it'll be looked at today, and a decision will be made today of what's going to happen to Matthew Barzell. But if he's missing for game six, that is a huge loss for the Islanders. Think Nikita Kucherov two years ago against Columbus when he got suspended for game three. I mean, it's that type of impact on the Islanders. And a team that doesn't have as much high-end skill like the Lightning does. I mean, the Islanders are a talented team. They're a deep team. But they don't have a lot of the high-end skill. He's their high-end skill player. You take that off that that team for a game six in a must-win situation, coming off an 8 nothing loss, that's going to be a critical loss for the Islanders if that happens. I don't, I personally don't think he will be suspended for game six. But if they do, I, I, I understand the reasoning behind it. I understand the history behind it, too. I mean, that's, you know, that's not a play you, you need to be making in that situation. And, and you know, Barry Trotz, after the game, said he was disappointed in his decision-making, and it makes it harder on your team because now you're down a guy for the third period in that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it was obviously a penalty. No one disagrees with that. We'll see whether they suspend him or not. I, I tend to think they won't. We'll see if that happens. But a couple other notes from the game. Braden Point now is one of two players in NHL history to have scored a goal in eight straight games in the same playoff season. One of the list is two people. Not Wayne Gretzky. Not Mario Lemieux. None of those. Not Phil Esposito. The list is two people now. Reggie Leach, whose record is 10, and Braden Point, who's now at eight goals. Now, normally he gets very timely goals in, in this. This was a, the seventh goal. This was the extra point on, on top of the touchdown, the power play, in that five-minute major from Matt Barzell to start the third period. Um, but he gets his goal. Like I said, Stamco scores two goals. Alex Kalorn scores two goals. That line took a lot of questions, and Stamkos on Monday morning was taking lots of questions about are your lines not scoring, are you hurt, uh, what's going on, are you losing confidence, et cetera, et cetera. Now, whether Stamkos is still hurt or not, I mean, remember he missed the last month of the season. I, I don't know. The shot looks really good. That you know, he finally scores in this series and gets a power play goal, and the, and the, the power play goal was was a vintage Stamkos one-timer on the power play, top corner of the net, nothing the goalie can do about it. Absolutely nothing. Um, the other question from this, and speaking of goalies, is the Islanders pulled Varlamov after three goals in the first period, put in Sorokin, who proceeded to give up five more goals. Now, I don't know how many any of those goals you're going to put on any of the goals. I think Barry Trotz pulled Varlamov just trying to get a spark for his team. Um, you know, they were down three, nothing and, and not playing well at all, not playing in their structure. I mean, they're the, the amount of odd man rushes and, and, and breakaways the lightning had, I mean, you know, what's Varlamov supposed to do? And I think that was just sending a message to his team. 
So do you go back to Varlamov, or is Sorokin going to get the, the starting goal? And meanwhile, Sorokin has won four goal, four games in this playoffs. So it, it's not like it's Varlamov's net and Sorokin's just the backup. So we'll see. I, I tend to think Varlamov stays in for game six, but we'll see. Um, that's another decision Barry Trotz is going to have to make. You could also see some lineup changes on that end. I mean, uh, Wallstrom has been skating. He could, uh, you could put him back in the lineup too. Of course, if Barzell's out, you'll have to make a change in lineup at some point. So, uh, but the Lightning overall, uh, a you couldn't ask for a better game. If you're the Lightning, it's eleven straight game coming off a loss, you get the win in the playoffs. But this one was in dominating, convincing fashion. I mean, it was over pretty early. You know, by the time you got that fifth goal in the second period which was fairly late in the second period. Then you added on a power play goal before the end of the period, and it was definitely over at that point. Um, I'm glad to see the game didn't get overly chippy late. I mean, a lot of times when you get these games, five, six, nothing, or you know, four or five goal differences late, you can see a lot of fighting and a lot of liberties being taken on both ends. There was a little bit of a scuffle. They threw some guys, you know, gave some misconducts out at the end. I mean, Barkley Goodrow, what are you doing cross-checking Sezekis with three and a half minutes to go in the game? You didn't need to do that. And, you know, he gets a misconduct, and so does Mayfield and Martin for, for the Islanders. And, I mean, it wasn't a bad cross-check, but you don't need to do that there. There's three and a half minutes left in the game. Just get out of the game at that point, you know. But And so, you know, you want to see that decision-making for the Lightning improve. I mean, there are times you want to do that. That was not one of them when you're up 8 nothing in the third period of a game. You don't need to be cross-checking Sezikis. It wasn't a hard cross-check. It wasn't vicious. But, you know, the, the Islanders, rightly so, took you know had a problem with it because they weren't taking liberties that period after the Barzell incident, which kudos on the Islanders for not, not making it that way, that type of a game too. So, uh, But Game 6 will be Wednesday night at Nassau Coliseum. The Lightning have a chance to close that barn out because they'll move into their new stadium next season. So this has the potential to be the last game ever at the Nassau Coliseum. The Lightning can close that barn for the final time with a win on Wednesday, which then would advance them to the Stanley Cup final for the second straight year. If they lose on Wednesday, then Game 7 will be at Amelie Arena Friday night at 8 o'clock. And uh, if it's anything like it was tonight, that place would be rocking if we get that far. But the Lightning, first of all, will be heading to New York today. Hope to take advantage. And um, I, like I said, I don't think they'll have practice today after that win. They'll do some video stuff. And then Wednesday, they'll get back at it. And uh, with, with any luck, they'll advance to the Stanley Cup final on Wednesday night. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is it live or is it Memrex? As Rick Stroud joins us now to talk about Wander Franco called up for the Rays for tonight's game against the Boston Red Sox, making his Major League debut. 
He is just, I believe, the fourth player to be the number one prospect in baseball two years in a row. The other three players had pretty good careers, if I recall. Bryce Harper, Andrew Jones, and I'm trying to remember the third one off the top of my head. Let me look it up here real quick. Because when you're mm-hmm. uh, Joe Maurer, so uh, that's pretty good company to be in. When you're the number one prospect in baseball three two, two years in a row, and you're joining Andrew Jones, Joe Maurer, and Bryce Harper. So, well, first of all, I mean, I, who is this Wander Franco you talk about? But, but secondly, has anybody given Neil Solons the smelling salts yet? I mean, are we uh, do we think Neil is is he ready for this? Well, we're about thirty six hours since we he, found out the news. So, as you listen to this mm-hmm. podcast, so. Presumably, he's gotten up off the floor by now. Because I'm telling you, as we and I, we kid because we love Neil knows more about guys in the, in, the, in the Rays organization than anybody other than the Rays themselves. Now, he might uh, know the more than that. sign him, perhaps. He might know more than them. That's true. Um, but he has, you know, Wander Franco has been on his radar ever since, and and on and on baseball's radar. Look, this is not this is the number one prospect. He's 20 years old, Steve. And here's the thing. Well, you know, that was the question, right? Like, when are they going to bring up Wander? When are they going to bring up Wander? Well, you know, when the team was winning uh, 25 out of 30 or whatever it was, it didn't seem like they needed to bring up Wander. But a couple things had to happen. One, he needed time, you know, in, in the minor leagues. He needed to play every day, and he needed to go through some things. And you go, well, you know, what's he going to learn down there? Well, it's not just about his numbers because his numbers are stupid, right? I mean, he he's a great player. He was hitting 315. Seven home runs, thirty-five RBIs, and a nine fifty-four OPS in just thirty-nine games. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Um, but there were there were moments, you know, that uh, he needed to, uh, uh, you know, comport himself a certain way and get through some things. And and um, and and the biggest thing is the Rays need him now. This is they need a spark. Look, they've lost six games in a row. You know, and it didn't hurt them when Taylor Hall came up. I can tell you that. He was playing really good baseball for him and still is. Um, everybody, you know, was bemoaning maybe the Willie Adamas trade, and he certainly helped Milwaukee and sparked that team. Um, but the Rays kept going when 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 mm-hmm. uh, when Taylor Hall got caught, called up here. So, you know, what will I mean? This is what everybody is waiting for. This guy, you know, twenty years old. Not many guys make it to the major leagues at twenty. He certainly can play up here. There's nothing left for him to prove. He would have gotten. I'm imagining. I haven't seen his stats. But if he played, if he played about forty games and he got averaged three or four at bats a game, he's gotten his hundred and fifty at bats down there, you know, in AAA, um, and he lit it up. There's nothing else he can do. They need his bat, and I'll tell you, even though Brandon Lau had a, had a big hit, you know, big home run the other day, um, he's not hitting well. Uh, he's not hitting lefties at all. You get you add another uh, switch hitter to the to the to the lineup. Uh, probably going to play what, Steve? Third base? Is that what we think? I think he'll sp- mostly at short and third, but he could play some time at second as well. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them at some point. This is what I believe. They're going to say uh, to Brandon, uh, we're sitting you against left-handers. You hit them before, you're not hitting them now. We're sitting you. We're going to platoon you. Mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know... You know, I don't know how he's going to take that, and frankly, I don't care. They need to win baseball games. They need a spark. This guy is 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 a a budding superstar. He can do that for them, and it makes it makes their lineup better. They're going with uh, lately. They've been going with fourteen pitchers, I believe, because their their bullpen has worked. 
and I think they like that, but that puts more pressure and on the versatility that you need um, in your everyday lineup because you just don't have a very deep bench. And Franco brings that to them as well. Like you said, he can play all three infield positions, second, short, and third. So, yeah, I mean, it's time. It's time because well, they're trying to win. He can help them win. I, I think I think those are all good points, but I actually think it's a different reason he's here. Really? And it's Tyler Glasnow's injury. Hmm. But not – and part of it is, look, they may need to score more runs if they don't have that horse eating a lot of innings and, and – Presumably getting you wins most of those once every five games or five no. days that he pitches. But we talked about yesterday. Are they going to make a move at the deadline? Are they going to make a move for a pitcher, a Max Scherzer, or name their pitcher? They might have to. They might have to. At that point, you need to know, is Wander Franco a suitable replacement for Brendan Lau, Yandy Diaz? Because presumably if you're going to bring in a Max Scherzer or somebody else, you may need to move some payroll out. Yeah, that's true. So Brendan Lau's got a fairly, I mean, not as big as Scherzer, but he's making yeah. what, five, six million a year or yep. four, whatever, mm-hmm. four or five million, whatever it is. Right. If you're going to move that, you may need to move that contract in that deal for to make the money work for make, the race. Makes sense. Makes sense. So is Wander Franco ready for this primetime spot yet? Because mm-hmm. presumably you're trying to win this year, but also the future too. Right. And and I think they're willing to give up prospects for players they think can help them win now. I, I believe that. I mean, you don't build a, a roster like this and then say, well, we're still going to continue only to trade for prospects and not trade for players we think can help us now. That's not the way it works. Right. I mean, when you're rebuilding, you trade for prospects. Once you're, you've got something rolling, now it's about how do I make my team better now and in the future. Right. So if you're going to make a trade for some – if you're going to make these trades now, now that your, your pitching horse is gone – you need to see what you've got. Can what? Could we see Vidal Bruhan sooner or later? Will we Maybe, see more yeah. of Kevin Padlow up here? I mean, and it all depends. I mean, the Rays, as we tape this, still need to make a move on the, both the forty-man and the twenty-five-man roster to put Franco on there. So presumably, right. somebody's either getting sent down or possibly DFA'd or traded between now yeah, and because he was on neither. He was not on the forty-man and certainly not on the twenty-five-man. Correct. So it's possible that somebody's already being traded, but and and right. by the time this podcast drops, maybe that's already we'll happened. It. It's possible mm-hmm. they don't have to make the move till Tuesday afternoon. So, yeah, I, I think the Tyler Glasnow injury accelerated the timeline. This is my speculation. I, I, no one's told me this. This is just my thinking of, and the six losses probably helped too. But I think more importantly, it's is Wander Franco ready to help us this year win? If so, then we have some other pieces we could potentially move to bring in a pitcher if we need. And you need to find that out sooner than later before the trade deadline. Well, he's done everything he can do. And, you know, he uh, he needed some experience. He got that. But, I mean, every level he's been at, mm-hmm. he's dominated. Well, you know? and before this year, he hadn't played above Class A. That's right. I mean, so you needed some time at either double A or triple. I mean, last year it was at the alternate site the whole time. And that right. was some good workout and hitting, but it's not games. It's not. It wasn't games. It's That's not right. dealing with, you know, I believe he had an 0 for 13 slump earlier this season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's figuring out how to work through that as you're facing tougher pitching. Presumably, AAA is tougher than single A pitching. And so it's, you know, work. How do you, how do you figure that stuff out and, and still, you know, keep growing and building and, and, and getting on? And that, those are all things you learn as young players and as you're coming up. And he still needed to go through some of that. Right. 
Well, it's exciting. I mean, he, and, and he's going to be here a long time. And I think, you know, this is just obviously the start of his career. I, I, you know, there could be nerves. There could be a lot of things that affect him. Or he might just start to light it up until teams get a book on him. You know, that's the other thing that happens sometimes when you come up. Uh, these major league teams haven't faced you every day. They obviously scout you in Durham and things like that. But when you're tearing it up, there's not not many guys are getting them out. So, um but, you know, for this series, this is a big series. You know, it, it's unfortunate that they lost the six in a row in the road. They need to turn this around. I'm, I'm stunned by the way the Red Sox have, have uh, you know, risen uh, to the top of the AL East. It, it was not expected this year, and they've done a heck of a job, and it looks like they're in it for the long haul. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't think the Yankees are done yet. I, I still think Toronto can bash their way. So it, this AL East is is still a highly competitive thing, and the Rays need to they need to try to get back on top. They need to try to win this division, you know, and and get in the postseason, and hopefully take one one more step. But you're right, the pitching is an issue. They 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 are going to probably have to deal from their major league roster or or DFA some people or whatever, get rid of some 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 salary, whatever is required. And and Franco is going to take somebody's job, you know, he is. And and he may make make them feel comfortable enough to to deal from that that uh, veteran uh, roster that that they need to look at. So those are all great points. And and I just think you know the thing is, if he can help you win, like I don't think mm-hmm. you do anything where a guy can't help you. You know I think they realize that look, Franco when they were going to bring Franco up, he was going to play, and it was not going to. You've said this all along. They're not going to go back and forth between them unless he just you know, completely you know, loses his confidence. He's up here to play. He's up mm-hmm. here to stay. And 20 years old is still very young to be in the major leagues. And not many guys can come up here and thrive at 20. He's, he's the best prospect in baseball. It doesn't look like it's too big for him. It looked like he's going to do it. Um, they need his help. They need mm-hmm. whatever it is that he can bring them. And we talked about this last road trip. They didn't get a lot of guys on base. Um, you know, defensively, he can do a good job. He's a natural shortstop. Um, you know, they can move those guys around, lots of versatility. I, I just think that they're looking for a spark. And you know what? There should be a nice crowd at that at this series against the Red Sox. Obviously, the Red Sox fans will be there. But, I I mean, you should pay the price of admission to go see Juan or Franco's first debut. I mean, this is, you know, who knows what kind of player he's going to be down the road. But, you know, do people remember? And I'm not comparing him, but I'm going to. But, you know, look at the names of the guys you just named. Bryce Harper. Right, Andrew Jones. Do people remember those guys coming on the scene? Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer, for goodness sakes, yeah. So this is the sort of company he's keeping, and why wouldn't you want to be, you know, watching part of his history when a guy comes and plays his first major league series? I think it's going to be exciting. Well, based on you know projections and potential, and you know scouting and all this, and, and granted, it's not an exact science, and guys progress differently. Wander Franco should be the greatest race player of all time. I mean, based on pedigree and what now, whether he can match what Evan Longoria and others have done over a career, we'll see. Only time right. can tell. But right. he's got that potential. You know, this is a guy coming yeah. up and he might be the greatest Ray of all time. But by the time his career is done, he's got that potential. Now, whether he lives up to it, time will tell, as, as anything in sports. But, yeah. you know, kudos to the Rays, too. And, and, and we've talked about this. He's not on the 40-man. He's not on the 25-man roster. They could have sat and waited a lot longer to call him up or even oh, not call yeah. him up till September. Or at all. Yeah, won. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the team's still playing well. And, yeah, they've lost six in a row, but they're still 13 games above 500. I mean, you know, that's why you bank wins early and such. And, and that 
they didn't have to call him up now. No, like I said, right. I think there's a lot of factors that went into it. They need more offense and Tyler Glass now and a lot of things. But, you know, yeah. they could have called Vidal Brujan, who's on the 40-man roster up in this. And, and you know, presumably they're going to have to, you know, someone's either going off the, the 25-man roster, either down to, to Durham or, you know, are going to be DFA'd or traded. So, um, you know, we'll see what that, what that move ends, ultimately ends up being. But, you know, for everyone who thinks the Rays are only cheap – and and if you want to say they're cheap, fine, but they had other options here to call up of guys that are doing well in Durham that they could have called up, and it won't cost them as much, particularly a man on the roster spot. But they they've called up Wander Franco, so good good on them. Must have been great, man. He was headed; they were headed from Virginia to Jacksonville, Florida, when he learned the news. I'd rather go to Tampa. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you're going to Florida. Yeah, I know Jacksonville. No, a little further south than that. I mean that has to be a great moment, right? When you can tell tell a guy he's headed to the big leagues for the first time, and uh, oh, as a minor league manager, I mean, anytime you're telling, you know, whether it's double A to triple A or single A yeah. or what, you know, when you get to have that news that you know the the guy's getting the call up to the show, particularly, yeah. but even just to go up a level anywhere, right? I mean, that's got to right. be some of the greatest moments of a manager's career. Yeah, you know, I'm but sure I'm sure it never gets old. Bruhan must be going. What do I got to do? <laughs> what do I, I mean, what do I got to do? You know, he's probably not surprised by Franco. I don't know what he thought whether you know Taylor would come up first, but um, well, Taylor got, Taylor Walls was also a little older too. Had another was, year yeah. of minor league hockey behind yeah. him, and is a stud defensively. So <laughs> hockey? Did I say yeah. hockey? I'm I'm watching the <laughs> yeah. Vegas uh, Montreal yeah. minor league hockey behind him, which makes him even yeah. more versatile. But yeah, yeah. oh yeah, you know, if he was playing minor league hockey too, wow! I mean, incredible. Yeah. So sensational. But yeah, no, I. I get why he's here, and, and he's helped them. I think uh, you know, the the run prevention that he has, whatever numbers that is for that, is very good. Mm-hmm. So he's helped them right away. So it's wander time. It's wonderful news. Is that what the the Rays put on their? I believe their that website? was their Twitter. That's what they had on on Twitter. When get out all your wander puns, right? Mm-hmm. Your Franco puns, whatever you got to do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a pretty exciting night. I think uh, with the Red Sox. Not only his first place on the line, but Wander Franco makes his debut. That's amazing. Think they'll bat him lead off? What do you think? Uh, Where's he hit? Where's he hit? We don't have the lineup as we do this podcast. Where do you think he hits? Well, are they starting a righty or a lefty? I guess that probably that might matter. I mean, he is a switch hitter, but I mean, I haven't looked that far ahead in the series as far as who they're facing. Let me see yeah. if I can pull that up real quick. See if if it's not TBD I'll, or whatever. Too. I'll bet that he's in the top three in the line. They're facing Rodriguez, who's a left-hander. Okay, so he's batting. That's probably his, his weaker so, side. The right right hand. Yeah, Rosarina probably still bats lead off. Okay. All right. Um, I better be in the top three yeah, or four. I, yeah. I, well, the question is: Is he starting at short? Is he starting? I mean, who's in the lineup third. with him too? Is he? Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, is he, Taylor Walls getting a day off, and he's going to start at short? Uh, which maybe, is his more just natural to make position. To, yeah, know, maybe to make so him you comfortable. Give Walls yeah. the day off. Although I, I, I believe Walls might have had the day off on um, the last game in Seattle. Yeah. So. Or, or do you just DH him? To, or do you just DH him to start? Nah, you gotta play him in field. I, I think you do too, but my head would be my head DH would be, walls if you really wanted his bat in the lineup or something. Yeah, now nah, he's gonna he's they do a good job of putting these guys right in the lineup. And well, uh, the other part is you know who's going off the roster. So is you know is well, Brasso right. going back to Durham or is someone traded? I mean that affects things too. So sure, we'll, we'll know that by the but time he'll be, he'll be in the top from. three. I think. Yeah. Well, it's exciting, man. I can't wait to see how it goes and. Obviously, the Rays need to turn this thing around. They're uh, they're heading the wrong direction at the wrong time, and them to uh, to reclaim first place in the AL East. 
Well, I'll be at the Rays game tonight, seeing Wander Franco's debut. I suspect he'll bat pretty high up in the order. I'm guessing, you know, uh, top three in the order. Uh, you know, maybe a Rosarina leads off. Maybe I, I, I'm not sure where he'll play. I, I'm guessing shortstop. Um, if nothing else, for comfort level, maybe Taylor Walls gets the night off. Um, you know, put him out there and let's see what he can do. And you know, I was trying to think back of I was not here. In Tampa Bay, when Evan Longoria or David Price made their debuts, uh, those are probably the two highest profile guys to come up and, and make their debuts for the for the Rays. So I wasn't here for that excitement, but I, I do have one in my career that I remember vividly. It was 2005. I was uh, working in Atlanta for the, the Atlanta Braves and the radio station there, and Jeff Francoeur was a local hero in Atlanta for since early in high school. He was a two-star athlete, played baseball, played football. Uh, matter of fact, he, you know, talked to, he almost went to Clemson to play football, play quarterback. He was a hell of a baseball player. And, and so he was a local kid that had been followed for years, was drafted by the Braves, was in their farm system. And in July of 2005, he gets his call up to the big leagues. And it was really cool because – it was a doubleheader, actually, and he played the second game of a doubleheader against the Cubs. It was right around the 4th of July. I think it was a couple days after, if I recall. And he gets up, and he goes to make his debut, or he gets his first plate appearance, and the place is going nuts. And I don't remember who the catcher was for the Cubs, but the umpire was like, what's going on? And the catcher said, call time, go dust the plate. And so the ump did it, and he, and he goes, local kid making his debut. So then... The catcher for the Cubs knew the circumstances and told the umpire, go dust the plate, give him a second to soak this in. The crowd was going nuts. Uh, I think he got out on the first at-bat. But his third at-bat of the night, I believe it was third. It was seventh inning, so I think it was his third at-bat. He hits a home run to give them a lead to right center field. And, I mean, that stadium went bonkers in Atlanta. Uh, The fans, I mean, it was crazy. Because he had been so hyped for so long, the local kid, the local phenom, that people were waiting to come up, and he delivered a home run on his on his first game. Uh, it was it was an incredible thing to witness. I hope that the energy level tonight will be close to that for Wander Franco, particularly if he comes up with a big moment. Um, you know, I know that his teammates will be excited. If you haven't seen uh, the Rays put out a video of when they told him he was. Coming up to the show, it was a team meeting, looked like at a restaurant or something, and um, announced that uh, someone's uh, going to have a good day going up to the show, and they announced it's the number one prospect in baseball. And the way his teammates came over to him and mobbed him and that, I mean, you could see that how much they they enjoyed him and liked him and loved playing with him. And, and you know, so I, I, I'm I'm hopeful tonight that we'll get to see some some fireworks from him and get to see some of those talents, whether it's you know, him hitting the ball or, or running the bases or, you know, whatever he can do to impact the game. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, it's always great to see young guys come up and make an impression right away. So uh, hopefully we'll see that tonight with Juan DeFranco. Lightning, meanwhile, like I said, game six tomorrow night in New York. Um, and uh, I think that's probably uh, that's a pr- pretty full lid. I mean, you got Juan DeFranco, the Red Sox in town, the batter for first place. And the Lightning tomorrow night in New York. So, uh, for Rick Stroud, who's on vacation for a couple of weeks, I'm Steve Versnick. 
Uh, tomorrow on the podcast, uh, I'll recap some of Wander Franco's uh, uh, heroics, hopefully tonight, or what happens with his debut. Uh, we'll have a uh, lightning preview for Game 6, and uh, Rick Stroud answered a few mailbag questions we had left over from last week. So we'll get that on tomorrow's show as well. So uh, for Rick Stroud, the vacationing Rick Stroud, I'm Steve Versting. Have a great day, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.